This is Ananin Kaike, and welcome to Voice of the Water Lily, an exploration of our ancestral music over the last 100 years intertwined with a historical and personal perspective. We will be exploring Latin music, more specifically salsa, Latin jazz, Cuban music, and Puerto Rican music. We are going to go deep into the history, learn about the seminal artists, as well as the artists that never received recognition, and we're going to add a personal touch through memories and anecdotes. Espero que disfruten mucho, con mucho, mucho cariño. Hello, familia, and welcome back to Voice of the Water, really, our stories. I'm Ananin Kaike, and today we are going to be talking about Las Estrellas de Fania, the Fania All-Stars, and we are going to be focusing on two of their most important performances. The first one we're going to talk about is their performance live at the Cheetah, which launched them and Salsa into stardom and basically launched the Salsa explosion. Um, it happened on August 26, 1971, and it was the second performance of the Fania All-Stars. The first one hadn't actually turned out very well, so let's go back. In 1964, Johnny Pacheco and Jerry Masucci started Fania Records. Johnny Pacheco was a multi-instrumentalist, um, best known for playing the flute, but he's a multi-instrumentalist, composer, arranger. Um, he was an all-around genius. He had had a charanga band, which is a Cuban uh, style of Cuban music, and it's a band format. And then he switched to a conjunto style because he couldn't find any good violinists. So he changed format. And he had been working with Alegre Records, and it didn't go well because um, Al Santiago, the owner of Alegre Records, didn't pay him his full royalties. So he wanted to start a record company. That was his dream because he didn't want that to happen to anyone else. And he wanted to create like this musical family where everyone got along and it was just this beautiful, wonderful thing. So he met a lawyer uh, named Jerry Masucci and they formed a record. They, they founded a record company. Um, and unfortunately, later on, the problems arose because Johnny and Masucci did not have the same um, principles. And they definitely they, they disagreed on. Uh, many things, especially that Jerry was only concerned with making a profit and Pacheco was doing it for the art and, you know, in the music. So that later led to, you know, big problems and um, eventually the end of Fania Records, uh, unfortunately, years later. But they decided to do a all-star, found the Fania All-Stars in 1968. And they performed at a place called the Red Garter, but it didn't go so well. Um, the performance garnered little attention and it just, it, it didn't, uh, get what it didn't have, it, it, what they thought would happen didn't really happen. And there was no explosion. Like there was the second performance. In fact, the attendance wasn't even very high for that performance either, even though the music was great and they had some great stars. Tito Puente was there, Eddie Palmieri, Richie Ray, and then of course the Fania All-Stars, but it just didn't go as well as they had planned. So so now it's 1971. It's three years later, and they decided to try it again. And they went with a club called the Cheetah. The capacity was 2,000, but there was never more than 800 people there. So they, so Masucci tells Johnny Pacheco on Tuesday, we had the performance, and it's on Thursday. And he's like, well, where's the music? He's like, oh, you write it. And Johnny Pacheco later said, he said, people think that writing music is like writing a letter, but it's not that easy. He needed time. So he tells Jerry, please just postpone it. You know, I need more time. 
And Jerry said wouldn't do it because he had already contracted a film crew because Larry Harlow and his friend Leon Gast came up with the idea to film uh, the performance. And Jerry liked this idea, so he contracted some film crew. And luckily, Johnny Pacheco and Bobby Valentin, who's a bass player, also he's a trumpet player, an arranger, a composer, all of all around um, amazing musician. He, him, and Johnny Pacheco had only a couple days to write these songs. He only had two days, so he, um, so they they came up with songs like um, Macho Cimarron, Ponte Duro, Quítate Tú, because. Um, and luckily they did because now these songs are classics and they're incredible, but they really, they stood up for the, you know, they, they were really working hard those two days. Bob, uh, Johnny Pacheco was writing the music and Bobby Valentin was arranging it. So the day of the rehearsal came and there was just, it just seemed like disaster. Fights were breaking out. There was frustration. There was almost a fight between Willie Colon and Ray Barreto because Willie Colon had brought a chart that he had written to Ray Barreto and Ray was so frustrated, stressed out, that he threw it on the floor. And then Willie got mad and was, like, yelling or whatever. And they, Ray Barreto threatens to punch him in the face, which was out of character. That was not Ray. Ray didn't act like that normally at all. And um, luckily, uh, he didn't actually punch uh, Willie Colong in the face. And um, so they, it seemed like it was going to go really badly. And then the time for the performance comes and th remember that the cheetah had a capacity of 2000 and 4,000 tickets were sold. Um, it, Cheo Feliciano talks about how the whole block was just full of people. He said there wasn't room for anything in there. Like it was just full of people. And, and Peter Conde was talking about like this electricity in the air. And Peter Conde was one of the singers that night. And he said, there's just like electricity. I mean, can you imagine what that must've been like? Like the energy in that room must've been amazing. Um, the performance needless to say was a tremendous, huge success. And in my opinion, marks the explosion of salsa and the birth of the Fania all stars. So, some of the highlights of that night are Quítate Tú, which went on for 16 minutes and features a long cuatro solo from Yomotoro. For those of you who don't know, a cuatro uh, is a like a Puerto Rican guitar-like instrument, and Yomotoro was one of the most uh, one of the greatest and most famous cuatristas. Um, Anacaona, there's a beautiful, beautiful live version of Anacaona, which had just been recorded on Cheo Feliciano's comeback album. It was actually his first solo album featuring a great, famous solo from Larry Harlow. And then, of course, Ponte Duro featured Ray Barreto, Roberto Rowena, and Oretes Vilato on percussion. And the solos were just extraordinary. Um, the soneros, or the singers, that night were Hector Lavoe, Cheo Feliciano, Pirel Conde Rodriguez, Santito Colón, Araberto Santiago, and Imael Miranda, and Bobby Cruz. They were all improvising lines um, and basically seeing who could outdo each other and really just created an incredible song. Um, and then on the in brass we there was Willie Colón, Barry Rogers, Luis Perry Cortez, Ray Maldonado, and others, um, and really just some some musicians like that were incredible. Getting them all on the same stage was wow! It was extraordinary, and it must have just been magical to 
see that live. I mean, imagine being in that room. And luckily, they they filmed it. So it was filmed, and the movie or the documentary, Our Latin Thing, was released the next year. And though it didn't do well in here in theaters or in Puerto Rico, it exploded around the world. Um, and it was really important because the people were able to now see, people in other countries were able to now see, not, not only hear the records, but actually see the musicians. And that was really important. And record sales in South America and other places jumped from 15 or 20,000 to 50 or 100,000 or more. And also there was two LPs that were released, um, recordings from that night. So I see this August 26, 1971, as being the true birth of the Fania All-Stars, which precipitated an explosion of salsa around the world um, and was just, I think, one of the most important dates when we talk about salsa and Latin music in general. So that is going to be 50 years. That was 50 years ago um, on August 26th. And this music is still incredible, still just you know, one of the most sensational and and electrifying and um, music that you, you can hear. And so, Que Viva Las Estrellas de Fania, we're going to go with a song called Estrellas de Fania, which was released the following year, 1972, and it features um, Hector Lavoe, Santito Colón, Imal Miranda, Alberto, San, Alberto Santiago, and Peter Conde Rodriguez. So that is five incredible singers that you're going to hear on this song. So here we go. Las Estrellas de Fania. Enjoy.
Un numerito muy sabroso que llama por título Anacaona. Y dice. Anacaona, India de la raza cautiva. Anacaona, de la región primitiva. Anacaona, India, India de la raza cautiva. Anacaona, de la región primitiva. Anacaona, oí tu voz, como lloró, cuánto gimió. Anacaona, oí la voz, de tu angustiado corazón. Tu libertad nunca llegó. Anda, Anacaona, India de raza cautiva. Anacaona, Anacaona, de la región primitiva. Anacaona, India, India de raza cautiva. Anacaona, de la región primitiva. Anda. Anacaona, 
Okay, so the first song we heard there was called Estrellas de Fania by the Fania All-Stars. And on there, we heard Hector Lavoe, Santito Colón, Peter Conde Rodriguez, Alabeto Santiago, and Imael Miranda. So that are, those are five amazing voices um, all on that one song, all just really throwing down. And then the second song is particularly special. That song is called Anacaona. It was written by perhaps the greatest composer of salsa and boleros and other styles of Latin music, but mostly he's known as a salsa uh, writer because he wrote 2,000 songs and his name was Tite Curre Alonso. And that song was written for Cheo Feliciano on his comeback album, which also happened to be his first solo album. It was a very important album in his life. For a little bit of background, Cheo Feliciano had gone through had been going through a really, really hard time in his life. He had been struggling with addiction. And then finally he went to Puerto Rico and he went to rehab um, and spent three years uh, just trying to get his life back in order and finally returned to music. 
and his first album, uh, his first solo album, and also his comeback album uh, was called Cheo. And the first song on that album was Anacaona, written by Tite Curre Alonso. And the important thing about that song is Anacaona was a Taina Casica. A Casica is like a, is a female chief, and the Taino were the people that Columbus invaded. Um, and she was a Casica, and she resisted against the Spanish. Um, and she was actually murdered because of her resistance. And she was murdered in 1504. So this song just goes to show that her story and her resistance never died. We have this 400 years later. Someone is singing a song about her and still remembering her and her resistance. So yeah, that's always been a very beautiful song for me, especially hearing this song about Anacaona, this popular song. And I'm sure that it enabled so many other people to learn her story because they looked up who's Anacaona, what's this song about? So that's truly beautiful right there. It's also special for me because this is the song, first song that I remember hearing from Cheo Feliciano. And it wasn't the first time, I'm sure. But it's the first time that I remember it stuck in my head because of the story, because of who Anacaona was. And I always remembered the song and I always remembered Cheo Feliciano's voice. And so from then on, that's the first time that I heard Anacaona and um, or the first time I heard Cheo Feliciano and the first song that I had heard was Anacaona. So that's that's a personal story for me. My father always made sure I knew this music. And so and I'm so grateful he did because Cheo Feliciano is one of my most favorite singers of all time. I absolutely love his voice. He's incredible. He's absolutely incredible. So um, so it's not only special, um, a special song when we look at it from a historical perspective and the story that it's telling. It's also it was a very important song in Cheo's career and his comeback. And it's also an important song for me because it's the first song that I remember hearing Cheo Feliciano. And it's also the first song that, I'm, that I was like, wow, this is, there's someone actually singing about this Taina Casica who resisted. And this is hundreds of years later. So it's, that's always been special to me. Uh, we're going to get to the next set. The first song we're going to hear, actually, we're going to play one, one song here. Quitate tu. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the history and culture of soneros, where that comes from, and what it means.
Ok, so that was Quítate Tú. Quítate Tú para ponerme yo, um, as it's known. And, of course, that's written by Johnny Pacheco and Bobby Valentin. So, here's an important thing. That song is all improvised. Everything that the singers are singing is improvised, other than the coro, the chorus that goes, Quítate Tú para ponerme yo. Everything else is improvised. They don't have any, they don't have those songs written down. They're coming up with it on the spot, which means they have to think fast because they're battling against each other and they're trying to come up with something better than all the other ones. And so that goes back to a tradition um, that started in Cuba of soneros. And a sonero is an improvising son singer. The son singers, the singers of son, um, are called soneros and son is the basis of the music that we listen today salsa mambo they were all based in son uh son started in oriente cuba and there's a lot of really interesting history that goes with that it's a lot it's a really long rich history um so if you want to learn more about that go look it up it's s-o-n and then cubano c-u-b-a-n-o look up son cubano if you want to learn more about it Um, and I will do a show talking about that, talking about some different forms of music later on. But until then, just look it up. And the song singers used to have to improvise. The only thing that, that uh, was written basically was the coro. The coro was just the response. Um, meanwhile, the singer or singers, there could have been more than one, as there is in Fania, uh, would improvise. And a lot of times these improvisations were kind of uh, cutting a little too deep and it would result in a fight. Um, and there would be these, you know, these fights resulting from an improvisation. And a lot of these improvisations were either directed at certain people, we're talking about what's happening in the community, uh, we're talking about politics, or they were talking about um, just chisme, the gossip. Um, so these are all things that we're, we're being improvised about in this. So Quita de Tu is a beautiful example of that tradition of soneros. And you have some of the most incredible soneros up there. You have Cheo Feliciano, Peter Conde Rodriguez, Hector Lavoe, Alberto Santiago, Santito Colón, uh, Imael Miranda. So th those are all incredible, incredible singers. Now here's a funny personal story. My father, he used to go, there's a, there's a line in Quitate Tu that Cheo Feliciano says, and he goes, No deje para mañana lo que se puede ser hoy which means don't leave for tomorrow what you can do today. And my dad used to always be like, he used to see, you see Charles saying it too, stop procrastinating. And every time I hear that, I think about my dad being like, you see Charles saying it. He's telling you not to, to always be like, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> so I always think about that when I hear that, that one line in Quitate Tu, really just these, these memories. <laughs> so Anyway, that was that was uh, Quitate Tu, a very important song, uh, basically um, uplifting the tradition of soneros. And that went on to be a classic Fania song. They always performed it. And then let's just talk for a minute about that cuatro solo. A cuatro is like a Puerto Rican guitar stringed instrument um, specific to Puerto Rico. And Yomo Toro, who's playing that solo, is one of the most renowned and extraordinary Cuatristas um, of all time. He recorded a lot of albums with Hector Lavoe, Willie Colón, but I believe he did like 300 albums. He was so prolific, did so many albums, not only with Latin musicians, but also other uh, styles and genres. So 
very important guy himself. Um, that's Yomo Toro, and he's also uh, he's also been always been a family favorite because he is from the same place that my family's from. He's from Ensenada, so that's uh, that's always been special. It's always been like Yomo Toro, he's familia. So anyway, there's a lot of stories when it comes to Kitate too. With so many warm memories along with this song. So let's get to the next set. Okay, so let's talk about the second performance that we're going to talk about today. This was the Funny All-Stars live at Yankee Stadium. So Jerry Masucci really wanted to do a performance of the Funny All-Stars at Yankee Stadium. And he decided to rent it for $180,000 for one night. Um, And it was actually hard for him to contract this because baseball season is still in full swing. And it couldn't be scheduled for the fall, which probably would have been a better idea because there was renovations planned, so they couldn't do that. So he put down $25, a $25,000 deposit um, for if the grass was damaged, and the contract said that the moment someone touches the grass, the performance is over. Now, let's think about this for a moment. Let's think about the music we're talking about, this exciting music with this rhythm that just pulls you, and you're going to expect people to stay up in the seats are you are you kidding me it was not a good idea people were not going to be able to do that johnny pacheco said he later looked back and he's saying there was no way that people were going to stay there and he knew that was going to happen because they had set up a basically this duel of congas of ray barreto versus bongo santa maria and they were going to be battling on the conga drums and there is no way that people were going to be able to stay up in the seats while this was going on. This rhythm just pulls too much. I mean, they were playing so well. That performance was incredible. There was no way people were going to stay up there. And that's exactly what happened. So there were people saying at the time that a Latin band could never fill Yankee Stadium. That's not going to happen. Who's going to come to see a salsa band in Yankee Stadium? Blah, blah, blah. People were saying that. And what wound up happening was 45,000 people showed up. 45,000 people. I think some of these artists had probably never even seen a crowd that size. 45,000 people. They've gone from, the funny Stars have gone from 4,000 people two years before to 45,000 people in Yankee Stadium. Okay, that's a big jump. And so they start off this performance incredible. I mean, they're playing like, wow. It's incredible. Their performance was, wow, extraordinary. Probably one of their best performances ever. And... They still had an hour of music to play, but they're in the middle of a song called Congo Bongo, which was written by Larry Harlow, and it featured this duel of congas between Ray Barreto and Mongo Santa Maria. So they're playing, and people start to come down. And this is exactly what, you know, was it was expected. I mean, how can you expect people to stay up there when this music is playing? Like, no, it wasn't going to happen. So people start to come down, and Johnny Pacheco doesn't realize his back is to the audience. He's uh, directing. So he's conducting, sorry. And so in, in the video, you can actually see Alex Masucci had Jerry Masucci's brother. Alex is coming up and trying to stop the performance. Uh, and you can tell nobody pays attention to him. They, they don't even notice that he, what, he, you know, what he was trying to say. Um, and Johnny Pacheco later said he said he turned around and he was so scared. He said, you see all these people just pouring down. The stage was starting to, uh, to break. Um, because of the weight of all these people pulling on it. And they had to go running. Um, some instruments were stolen, and some microphones were stolen. 
Um, and actually, <laughs> there's a really, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, Johnny Pacheco said that they're running, basically, and then he sees someone running with Willie Colon's trombone. So he runs and he tackles the guy to stop him to get Willie's trombone back. And uh, he realized it was Willie Colon. <laughs> so uh, he said, yeah, that was kind of embarrassing. And this, as the story goes, Jerry Masucci had to be carried away by guards um, because he was losing it. He was going crazy thinking about the amount of money that they had lost um, because that field that was destroyed. It was absolutely destroyed uh, after, uh, after everything was said and done. And it was Yankee Stadium was closed for repairs after that and didn't open until a couple of years later. But even though the performance ended abruptly, it, it never got to be finished. Or actually, it did get to be finished because they did redo it in Puerto Rico, but they didn't finish the performance. And it ended kind of abruptly. It's still important because you can see it was a night of such pride and uh, among the Latino community. It was an important, important moment. Um, in fact, Ray Collazo, who's a DJ, he actually went there. Uh, he was attended that performance. And I quote, let me quote him here. He says, there were Puerto Rican flags everywhere. And at one point, people were passing around this giant Puerto Rican flag in the stands. And there was this deep feeling of Boricua pride. And, you know, that's, that's what it is right there. There was such Latino pride that night. It was, extraordinary, it was an extraordinary performance. Despite how it ended, it is still one of the most iconic and legendary performances in salsa history. Also, I'd like to note that a Yankee Stadium was never again used for a salsa performance. <laughs> Let's get to the first set here. The first set, uh, the first song is going to be Pueblo Latino featuring Peter El Conde, Rodriguez. Um, and then we're going to hear Que Rico Suena Mi Tambor featuring Imal Miranda. These were both re released in 1975 on a part of a live volume one and two album that were recorded. Um, so what they did was, because they didn't have enough footage for the movie they were making, which was called Salsa, it was released in 1976, they had to, and they didn't have enough for the live album, or the, li the two live albums, Volume 1 and 2, they had to redo that performance in Puerto Rico in the Coliseo Roberto Clemente, and that is where Celia Cruz first performed with the Fania All-Stars. Yes, Celia Cruz performed there for the first time with them, and it was another huge hit. Hector Lavoe got to sing Mi Gente, really great, and that footage is part of the Salsa movie, the movie titled Salsa, released in 1976. So these two songs that we're going to play now, Pueblo Latino and Que Rico Suena Mi Tambor, were released in 1975 on the uh, live albums, Volume 1 and 2. And when we come back, um, I'm going to talk about Pueblo Latino because that's an important song for those of you who don't speak Spanish. Let's, I'm just going to talk a little bit about what Peter El Conde is saying in that song and why it's important. Okay, enjoy. Latino de cualquier barrio, 
de cualquier ciudad, de cualquier ciudad, corazonado, únete, únete, porque la unidad es que está la fuerza monumental que nos puede salvar de la infelicidad, que nos puede salvar de la infelicidad. Pueblo latino de cualquier ciudad o barrio, únete, que ha llegado la hora de estrecharnos las manos como protección, como protección.
Nueva York, Miami, Eric Martínez y su materna. Ajá, a todos los países latinoamericanos, África por poco se me olvidaba. Activa mi tambor. Vamos a gozar con mi tambor, vamos a gozar con mi tambor, vamos a bailarlo como es, vamos a bailarlo como es, moviendo la cintura, la cadera y los pies, moviendo la cintura, la cadera y los pies, la gente se alborotan cuando oyen mi tambor y agarran su pareja y se ponen a bailar. Al compás del tumbador, al compás del tumbador. Ay, pero mira, mira qué rico, suena, 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 suena mi tambor. Vamos a gozar con mi tambor. Ay, pero mamá, vamos a gozar con mi tambor. Vamos a gozar con mi tambor. El tambor es lo más sublime y ahora lo canto yo. Vamos a gozar con mi tambor. Vengan 
Okay, so the first song we heard there is the one I want to talk about. We heard Pueblo Latino, which was the first one. And then the second one was Que Rico Suena Mi Tambor. Both really beautiful songs. But what I love the most is the message in Pueblo Latino. Pueblo Latino is a song where, where Peter Conde is calling for a unity among Latino people because he's saying nothing is going to change if we stay divided, basically. And he's also proclaiming his love for Borinquen, for Puerto Rico, uh, which is really beautiful. And then there's this one really powerful line where he goes, if loving my country, Borinquen, Puerto Rico, is a crime, then you can sentence me to death. Um, so there is this this real pride and this real um, love of country, uh, of your country in this song. And then there's this this saying, to continue like this, to stay divided, to stay oppressed like this, he said, I would prefer to die. Yo prefiero, prefiero la muerte. So this song is, I think, one that we really need to listen to today. And I'm not just among Latinos, not just among. We, we can't stay divided as people. Because if we stay divided, we're never going to achieve anything. How, who, how can you achieve something if you're all divided and fighting with each other? And I think this song is a beautiful example where he's saying we all need to come together. To, if we want to change something, we have to come together to change it. It's a beautiful message there. And then also a message of uh, of uh, such a, a love for your country, for Borinquen. So very beautiful song there. So that's for those of you who don't understand the lyrics or don't speak Spanish. And then the second song was Que Rico Suena Mi Tambor, um, and basically a celebration of the drums. Um, and there's an incredible solo, a really uh, uh, remarkable solo, phenomenal solo from Nicky Marrero on that song as well. Um, we're going to play one more song uh, from Yankee Stadium. And this is the song that ended it all. This is the song that caused everyone to run onto that field. Congo Bongo. And just listen to the conga solos. You're going to hear Ray Barreto and you're going to hear Mongo Santa Maria. And let's just say those are two of the most phenomenal, spectacular congueros of all time. Um, and both had been had recorded with, with tons of artists, had already put out so many albums. So to have them both on the same stage, and Mongo Santa Maria was actually Ray Barreto's inspiration. He used to go to the Palladium, uh, which was a, um, a, a, a ballroom where they used to play it's the best Latin music and the best dancers. And he used to go there and he would watch Mongo Santa Maria on the congas and just be like in awe of this incredible uh, conga player. So this is basically Ray Barreto and his his idol or his his inspiration, both on the same stage, like in this duel of congas. and. Just just listen to that. Just listen to those congas and then think about how could have people have stood up up there with this music playing? It was actually kind of it was actually unfair to expect that. And like <laughs> just listen to this song. Just listen to Congo Bongo uh and enjoy. Yara Ufold Abrazo Paralumico El Tramadísimo Mongo Santa Maria! Oigame! No solo Mongo Santa Maria! Imagínese! 
un debate de tumbadora con Mongo Santa María y el único, el hombre de la mano dura, Rey Barreto. Estará también Manu Dupango con estas dos gente. Eso sí, que se llama salsa. Y dice así. Saludos, señores. Un automóvil Descarga del tambor Que no pone a a la casa Un automóvil, dos automóviles, dos automóviles ¡Halo!
you see what I'm saying about Congo Bongo? That is a remarkable song. That is a phenomenal song. And it's, it's, this is exciting, electrifying music. I mean, do you feel that rhythm? And those solos, those solos, those are probably some of the best conga solos in salsa history. Uh, wow. Those solos are, are amazing. Um, I just just going to reflect a bit here because we have to look back and, and look at what the Fania All-Stars did under the direction of El Maestro Johnny Pacheco. Um, what he did there, what Johnny Pacheco did by putting together these all of these stars, because you're there was when you're setting up a group like that with just a bunch of of stars basically that's not an easy thing because these are all people that are stars those who that are really amazing musicians in their own right that have already recorded a ton of albums that have already done so much work and you're getting them to all work together and so you're dealing with egos clashing and you're dealing with issues like that and then each one of them all each having their own way of doing things and their own ideas and everything and you're having to put that all on one stage and make it all cohesive and come together and be this fuerza gigante this unstoppable force of music because that's what the Fania All Stars is that is a fuerza gigante that's a giant force that you hear that band it's it's a huge sound and it all works together so beautifully everyone has their solos and everyone's just working together in this beautiful, uh, cohesive way. So we have to give major, major respect and props to Johnny Pacheco for what he did there, uh, directing them and, and just bringing it all together. That was not, well, it was no easy feat. And let's just think for a moment what that would have looked like in another genre of music. I mean, what would that look like if it was all of the jazz greats being put uh, in one band together or any other style of music for that matter, just imagine what that would have looked like. Can you imagine that? Well, that's what Johnny Pacheco did with the Fania All-Stars. He created the greatest supergroup in salsa history, um, or the greatest salsa supergroup in, in Latin music history, because the, nobody, there were other supergroups, there were other all-star groups, uh, the Tico All-Stars, the Alegre All-Stars, but the Fania All-Stars were something new because... They had created this sound that, and also what was important about them was, was our Latin thing. Put that, when they put out that movie, that let, uh, had people around the world were able to see this new sound that was coming up in New York um, in Latin music. And they were able to see around the world in South America, um, all over the world. And that led to bands, salsa bands, coming up all over the world and there's a band that i heard and i I cannot recall the name and there were salsa band from senegal um and if you didn't know they sound like puerto ricans or cubans or they sound like latinos they're singing spanish singing in spanish perfectly and the band just sounds like a salsa band a really good salsa band um and you know like the this stefania all-stars led to and of course, they weren't the only ones, but they were one of the major forces in spreading salsa around the world and causing the salsa explosion. Without the Fania All-Stars, I argue, this is my personal opinion, that salsa wouldn't have happened like the way it did. Without Johnny Pacheco, what happened wouldn't have happened because nobody had the vision that he had. From what I've seen, and again, this is a personal opinion, I'm not saying this is a fact, but in my opinion, salsa wouldn't have happened without Johnny Pacheco 
and the Fania All-Stars. So I'm just going to leave you with, um, with the closing theme to the Cheetah. And you're going to hear Johnny Pacheco thanking everyone. And I think that this is the, best, this is the most fitting uh, closing words. That these are, these are the most fitting closing words. So we're going to go to that and just, just appreciate the work, this, this, this incredible work that was done by these extraordinary musicians and the phenomenal music they created. And I just am so grateful that a lot of these performances were, were videoed. Thank goodness, because now we have it today and we can see it and we can imagine, wow, if it's this amazing just seeing this video, imagine what that would have felt like being live. Like, wow. So I'm just so grateful that there's these videos. I'm so grateful that we can hear these recordings. We can still listen to them and be just just caught up in that in that feeling and that energy. And also, I am so, so happy that um, my father made sure that I knew this music and always was like this is this is your culture this is your music and you have to listen to it so I, that's I'm, I'm just so grateful for this music and for this culture and uh what can i say que viva la musica Listen again, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to Voice of the Water Lily again. I'm so honored that you took the time to listen. And if you're listening on Anchor, please don't hesitate to send me a message. You can send me a voicemail if you're listening on Anchor. You can also follow me on Instagram and Facebook. Um, my Instagram handle is Voice of the Water Lily. Same thing on Facebook. You can send me a message there. Uh, you can go to my blog. You can follow my blog. And you can also send me a message there. And if you have a request, do not hesitate to send me a request. Please, I want to hear from you. And also, if I got something wrong, um, if I said something that was incorrect, don't hesitate to correct me. Please correct me. I want to hear from you. 
Um, you can visit my blog, which is voiceofthelily.water.blog. Um, and again, my Instagram and Facebook is Voice of the Water Lily. Until next time, ciao.